Drumming. This is the Working Drummer Podcast, featuring conversations with ground-level pros from all styles and regions. Real drummers with real stories about making a living in music. Hey everyone, this is Matthew Krause, and you are listening to the podcast Working Drummer. Today my guest is drummer and podcast host Dan Ainspan. Dan is co-host of the podcast Nashville Drummers Podcast with colleague Nathan Sletner. The podcast gives a voice to Nashville's next generation of players, the up-and-coming drummers that you may haven't heard of. Dan is also currently the junior marketing manager for band and orchestra products for Pearl Corporation based here in Nashville, Tennessee. Dan's path from New York to Indianapolis, Indiana, where he was an intern for the Percussive Arts Society, led him to Nashville in 2015. So if you want to support what Zach and I do here on the podcast, you can join Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash working drummer, where as little as a dollar a month gets you access to all this educational content that we've been creating over the years with past guests. All these things are really helpful and usable on the gig or whatever the situation is. And we're always adding new content. If Patreon isn't your thing, you can make a one-time donation through our PayPal account. You can find that at workingdrummer.net. So as you'll hear about in our conversation, I met Dan back in 2015 when I first started this podcast, and he was interning at the Percussive Arts Society. And Jeff Hartso, my old boss from Columbus Percussion, was there working at PAS and working with Dan. And so to see Dan down in Nashville, where we reconnected, and to see what he's been doing as a player uh, at Pearl, and now with this podcast, has been great. And I'm, I'm really honored to have him on and to showcase his podcast on our podcast and hopefully perpetuate this notion that drummers are actually pretty weird in a good way when it comes to community. And uh, this is just a perfect example of that. And uh, if you haven't heard the Nashville Drummers podcast, Go check that out. Uh, Dan and Nathan do such a great job. So here's my conversation with Dan Ainspan. busy as ever at Pearl, which is a good thing. That is um, good, especially after the last couple of years. Yeah, man. Really, really lucky to be working for that company. Good people, you know, steering the ship. Um, and, you know, we just celebrated our 75th year in business, which is hard to believe. So we got a lot of cool stuff coming uh, this year as well. But no, my, my day-to-day, um, I'm, so I'm part of the marketing department and specifically the band and orchestra mm-hmm. side of things. I'm a marketing assistant, uh, technically, and we all wear many different hats. So, like, you know, this week it was a lot of, as universities and orchestras and our artists are kind of getting back into what their year is looking like, you know, they're ordering a lot of new gear. It's a lot of relationships, which I love. Um, you know, we do have an artist relations person, John Farkasen, who's awesome, and he does, he's like the combo drum set guy. Okay. But then for band orchestra, it's really like kind of a team effort. 
Uh, so me and my boss, Sean, and then we have Kevin Geis doing uh, specifically uh, marching percussion. But I kind of have my hands in all those areas, and I do I, I manage uh, the social media accounts for the band orchestra accounts, mm-hmm. you know, Instagram, Facebook. So just kind of helping out wherever needed, you know, updating the website, different product pages and images and press releases and we have a scholarship now that we're doing so i've been kind of de facto helping to lead that every year yeah so it's a lot like every week is different and that's what i was going to ask you it (laughs) sounds like any other non-traditional type of job where you can't really put your finger on what a typical week looks like yeah we have artists coming in sometimes doing video shoots Mm -hmm. um i mean we have to be reactionary especially with social media and like what what the trends are and where, just where the industry is going. So what's an example of that? Like what would be an example of like, okay, this is the trend, guys. We need to lean into this. As I mentioned, I, I run like the the Pearl Adams. So Adams is the, uh, we are the exclusive U.S. distributor of Adams mm-hmm. Instruments mm-hmm. in uh, the States. So they're over in uh, Amsterdam and they do all the, you know, marimba and timpani. And, do you get to uh, go brass. to Amsterdam? No, I haven't gotten that trip yet. That's <laughs> I've been myself, just not with the company, but I'd love to meet those yeah. guys. With marimba, with mallets, with marching, even within the last, say, 30 years, like it seems like things are somewhat stagnant. They're, they're the same. It's the same as it's been with high school and marching and stuff like that. Like, But is there something about it that has to speak to schools now in 2022, 2023, how does your job differ, the job title that you have differ than somebody that had it 20 years ago? Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, definitely this digital age mm-hmm. that we all live in. I mean, like part of a big part of my job is running the social media accounts and that wasn't even a thing, you know, 20 years ago, probably coming out of the pandemic, uh, just as a company, I mean, as an industry, right, we've had to adapt like all the stay-at-home practice instruments have been a big thing. We have our the Pearl Mallet Station. We've kind of had to shift our messaging to be more of the, it's the the go-to practice instrument, you know, for especially for kids that need to practice. Like, how do you practice marimba at home without right, spending seven thousand dollars? Yeah, and they, even like you know, <laughs> like snare drums, and we're we're doing a big push for our uh, our ed kits, which are always very popular mm. within the school system. Yeah, um, we have some cool, you know very um, price efficient models coming out and so we're always looking at those things in terms of trends and then just like seasonally i mean right now we're approaching the indoor drumline season mm-hmm. so like that's a whole different content sort of shift and and uh it's been great for me like i didn't uh necessarily come from the drumline world myself even though i did do like band orchestra growing up like that is my background but it's cool for me to really get into like the day-to-day lives of some of these like our quote-unquote followers on Instagram are the target market. It's the people doing band and orchestra and drumline and drum corps and like you get to see what they're up to throughout the season, not just during finals week. Right. You get to see what gets them excited. You know, them pro- posting a new lick or them, you know, trying to replicate the coolest Boston Crusaders lick that season like doing their own version of their stick trick videos and mm-hmm. that's been cool i mean you have to really stay nimble and just kind of um you know react to what's going on and oh we're always staying current i mean pearl has been around for so long but i think what speaks to our 
that that long history is the brand and we're always innovating like we never stop you know, right. we're gonna have some really cool products coming out uh, i believe this spring and it's like you know it just speaks to that like we're always driving forward pushing the boundaries further and further yeah Pearl does not sponsor this podcast yet, but I'm going to go out and say my road kit is a Pearl kit that I bought. I bought used, but I really have loved it. And I bought some Pearl stands. I've loved their hardware. I feel like Pearl has remained relevant from the time that we're talking about the 80s when Japanese manufacturers were just dominating the landscape and just as a company that has done such a great job in just finding new ways to reach all kinds of players, not just people, well, I just wanted the way it was in the 80s or things like that. I mean, just whether it's the vintage sound, whether it's reliable hardware, new innovations in the for the gigging drummer, for the touring drummer, they cover such a wide range. And I, yeah. I just it's such an honor to have them in town here in Nashville kind of know what's what's been going on there and then the artists that we know that are, are part of it and 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 back them up and and cover this amazing range yeah too i think they're they're just that's a good really point great. i mean we're we're really not the company we are without all of our artists from top mm, to bottom mm-hmm. so that's been we've always had a very special relationship with our artists yeah so yeah it's been great to for me to meet a lot of the different artists whether it's drum set guys here in town or just going to different you know the pace of convention yeah, should, you know, kind of back to where we met back in Indianapolis. Yeah, uh, what was that? Twenty, probably twenty fifteen, twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen, maybe. Yeah, I want to ask you about that too. With your job at Pearl, how long you've been there? Today is actually so January twentieth is my three year anniversary. Okay. Yeah. What have you taken away from this? What have you learned from your time at Pearl that? has changed the way you see your role in this industry? Wow, that's a great question. Okay, good. Yeah, Yeah, man. I mean, it's everything is so connected. Like me being, you know, a drummer here in Nashville, just I think the biggest takeaway is just relationships and people. And that, that, again, speaks to our our 75 years and now 76 years in business. Um. Just the way that we treat our artists, the way that we treat each other internally. It's a very family-oriented company. Um, we've been very fortunate. Um, you know, right now we're actually going through more of like a hybrid uh, remote work schedule, which has been very nice. So I'm like two days, you know, remote, and then I'm in the office the other days. Mm-hmm. And just to have that flexibility is really great. And then to go into the office and have those one-on-one conversations, mm-hmm. you know, with my colleagues is super valuable as well. Um, but yeah, just the way we treat, um, you know, our artists and just the way, you know, we, we're always, we always have an ear to what's, you know, what's, uh, happening in the industry. I think there's a lot that you could take away just in any area of your life in that, that same vein of just not sticking to one thing. Like mm-hmm. we could have easily just stopped, you know, like, okay, the Pearl Export, it's like the best selling drum set of all time, but why do we keep creating new drum sets and targeting different markets and getting our products out there more and more. Right. You know, so I think just, you know, um, applying that to anything else you're trying to do. So for me, like trying to get gigs in Nashville or trying to right. and do the podcast or just like always have an open mind and to listen to those around you. Almost this concept of innovation yeah. and how do you 
use that idea, those concepts to apply to your yourself as a player. Yeah. And this, what Pearl promotes internally with the relationships and that, that, that kind of interpersonal dynamic is something that, as we discussed at breakfast today, both of us kind of from the north and this very straightforward kind of interaction with people and, and adjusting to the way people interact in the south. Yeah. Um, but being honest in your uh, approach to how you interact with people and um, being genuine. And um, you probably see it's probably all over the map. Because you have yeah. people that work within the organization that are hired, that are employed by Pearl. And then you have artists and people that are sponsoring, you know, that are part of, but not really under the umbrella of that. Different rules apply, but you're, you're going to experience all these different people in education and, and otherwise that it's like, oh, cool. See how that person is treating other their students their band members and that's that's a good thing to take away totally that's such a good point yeah Yeah. we have so many especially with with what i do with the band orchestra side of things like Mm -hmm. just the way you communicate with different people i think another takeaway is to just you learn how to communicate in a way like learning what they need versus like communicating with like you know, what do I like, want to take out of it versus, well, what do they need? It's a mm-hmm. very, like, reverse that mindset. Yeah. You know, because, like, we're dealing with, I mean, we get customer service, you know, messaging from a lot of band directors. And it's like we live and breathe it every day, you know, our products and just this whole thing of music and, and music product, right? But, like, for them, the second that they need a replacement C6 marimba bar, it's like that's, they just need to get that taken care of you know, immediately and versus, uh, you know, someone that's playing the national symphony, like that's a very different relationship. Hmm. So just like learning how to kind of be a chameleon, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that could all be, those conversations all happen within a 24 hour day, mm-hmm. which I love. So. Well, and also you have the structure of a multi-million dollar corporation where people, their responsibilities carry an immense amount of weight in a sea of an industry that is dominated by the self-employed individual that can pretty much handle their finances any way they see fit. Yeah. And I'm curious to know if that is also been a takeaway for you as well to know how to handle things from a financial standpoint. I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times I'm helping to submit orders for Mm -hmm. artists or for, I mean, big ticket orders. We're talking about marimbas and timpani, like Mm -hmm. not cheap, items whatsoever mm-hmm. you know and then yeah even within my position i have a budget to work with yeah you know in terms of digital marketing i'll do facebook ads instagram ads and have to think strategically on how who's our audience number one you know what are we trying to push and how is that going to be balanced through the week through the month and through every quarter so that's been cool to see um since i've joined the company in 2020 just like I, you know i enjoy putting together reports every year and every quarter just to see that progress. Mm -hmm. That's been very rewarding. And I bet like having this vehicle to work with social media is also being like, you can kind of step back and say, you know, when I get home, I'm going to 
put this to practice on my own social media as well. This seems yeah. to work. This is, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it works works both ways. Nice. Totally. I mean, obviously, as a brand, you have to, you know, and it's, a lot of brands are very different. Like, you probably see the way that the Dario, Edmonds, and Promark, their messaging is a very distinct brand. Um, and that's different than the way Pearl is and Vic Firth, Zildjian, like they all have their own sort of voices, which is, you know, obviously very different than how you or I would talk on Instagram. It's much more casual. It's a personal account. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you have to be mindful of all that and the words that we use and right. And and nowadays being inclusive and and thinking of all those kind of things too. Yeah. 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 Has that changed since 2020? Have you noticed a change in that kind of I mean, absolutely. Uh, as I mentioned, so I think yeah, I think it started in 2020. We uh, we launched a scholarship, uh, musicians making a difference, and it was uh, many different factors led to that. But it was sort of also as a result of some of the the Black Lives Matter and the George Floyd incident. And you know, we have a ton of artists that felt very strongly about those situations. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we all probably remember those very weird months. And like, as a brand. Well, you know, it's one thing as people like you probably had your friends on Instagram, Facebook, putting out their two cents, whatever. Right. We scroll through and that's one thing. But as a brand, it's like a very like big decision on what how do we respond to that? Yes. Yeah. You know, you don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to. um, So, I mean, you know, we sat in in boardrooms and we had really good conversation on how to deal with that. Because ultimately, like we had pressure from our artists and they they wanted to feel that support. And I think we had a very uh, kudos again to our leadership and everyone involved. I mean, we're one of the few companies that event- came out of that with a not just a uh, one statement and then goodbye, but we have an annual scholarship now. That's every single year we're giving away uh, two scholarships. It's uh, I believe it's ten thousand dollars each mm. to musicians. Uh, but it's not just musicians. Uh, so it's high school seniors going to college. Yeah. And the fact that they're musicians is just one part of it. But really, we're looking for these kids that are impacting their communities. Yeah. So they're donating their time. They're, you know, helping out uh, food kitchens or nursing homes. And we've read, it's been very inspiring, like reading all these stories from all these different kids from around the country. Um, but yeah, just back to your initial question. I mean, going through that project specifically has definitely like open my eyes to see like one, how resilient kids are these days. Yes. Um, but also just, yeah, what, what they're going through and, and just that, um, inclusivity as well. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So it's, I love that, man. It's been great. I, I mean, we've, we've been able to adapt and it's a very awesome thing that we're doing. Yeah, for sure. To be able to give back, you know, for sure. For sure. What an amazing platform to use it as a as, as a f- tool for positive change you yeah. know and inspire young people i mean music and brand loyalty and all these things that it's it's always been the thing that inspires especially young people you know to get into this and um so it's like why not it encourage them to like look we're looking at everything not only you're playing your musicianship, but also your citizenship, you know? Yeah, are you, just, are you being a good citizen? Right. A, a good community member. Right, you amazing. Know, it's important. I love that. So uh, we were trying to remember exactly when we first met. So when I, f- I first started the podcast in January, well, the first episode came out in January of 2015, 
And one of my old bosses, Jeff Hartso from Columbus Pro Percussion, was working at PAS, and it was. And I'm like, I've got to get him on, as I'm looking for guests to have on. We didn't. We were just starting out, and I'm like, that would be amazing. That would be reaching outside of Nashville. He's in Indianapolis with PAS. That would be such a great connection. We didn't weren't really sure where we're going with all this, and so. Um, a friend of mine and I drove up to, to video, and and you were interning there, mm-hmm. and we met briefly. And again, and I have to say, when you came back, to, when you came to Nashville and contacted me, you said, I don't know if you remember meeting, but dude, I totally, it yeah. was such a great experience, that whole museum sitting behind Neil Peart's chromey kit, mm-hmm. um, seeing all that amazing vintage gear. Well, the, other, the only other thing I want to say is, you're from Slingerland's... New York. Yep. <laughs> no relation to the drum company. I get asked that well, really only by drummers. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty amazing. <laughs> just, yeah, it's just outside of Albany, okay. Albany, New York, the capital. So. I love that. Yeah. Um, but so we met there. What were you? What was going on? What were you doing? Yeah. So I graduated uh, college in 2015, and then. Um, I believe I needed, or maybe I already satisfied my internship requirement because it was a music business degree, percussion, performance minor, then audio production. So mm-hmm. it was a double minor. And I was just, you know, like everybody else trying to figure out what was next. Um, was thinking my life would take me to New York City and do like the music business thing. And I remember interviewing um, down at ASCAP down in New York and like I had a suit on. It was like the weirdest thing for me, like going into... <laughs> Going from like college campus to like, oh my God, I'm on the train. I'm, I got my class ring on. I like got my resume. And I mean, I was ready. Like, I was going to definitely like take that gig if it was offered and, and do that whole thing. And during that time, you know, I was waiting and I had, it was my percussion professor at uh, Oneonta where I went to school, SUNY Oneonta. And uh, so Julie Licata, who's also, it's funny, she's now at uh, Columbus, she's now in Ohio. Oh, really? I think she took over for Bob Breithout's position, I believe. Or she's part of oh, that program interesting. now. interesting. At Capital? Capital, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, interesting. She's, she's the best. So I studied with her you know, for four years, doing marimba and, and percussion, and then Blake Fleming on drum set. Yeah. Anyway, so they kind of like, and uh, Joe Pignano as well, and they kind of introduced me, because we went to PASIC for the first time as a studio, and that's when I was first introduced to Percussive Art Society, first trip ever to Indiana, and didn't know what any of that was before that and kind of just fell in love with like, oh, this is like the drum industry. This is, I got to meet people from like these brands, you know, yeah. from Pearl, from Big Firth. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is really cool. Like, I, would, I don't think at that point I was like, I want to work for a drum company, but I knew I wanted to be in the industry, you know, somehow. And um, so I was applying. So essentially to fast forward, they suggested I apply for the internship. Um, because they offer a um, a summer intern mm-hmm. every summer. It's it's very competitive. It's just, they only take one person. And I was like, I'll throw my name in the hat, and you know, I had a few good interviews with uh, with Jeff Hartso because he yeah. was the executive director, and then probably other members of the staff as well. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in my basement in my parents' house doing this interview, and then. Again, just playing the waiting game, which is very. Was stressful. it over the phone? Just kind of one of those. those yeah, things? yeah. It was okay. all over the phone. I don't think it was uh, with video or anything. Yeah, I don't even know if Zoom was even around. Yeah, then. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
And yeah, I just, you know, it's over Morse it got code. to the point. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I hadn't heard back from ASCAP. I had nothing, like I was just kind of waiting. And then, but I was telling my my family and my friends, like if I get this internship, you know, it's like a once in a lifetime thing, I'm going for it. Mm-hmm. And because I knew Sweetwater was also in Indiana. I'd heard yeah some cool stories about people just kind of moving away and, and having these crazy adventures and like, you know, it's the start of their career. And me, me as a young kid out of college, that was like the, the crazy alt, you know, alternate plan B. Plan A is like stay in New York and get like a typical nine to five mm-hmm. job. And so anyway, yeah, I got the call. They said, we want you. They didn't even really ask me if I accepted it. It was like, yeah, we've like, you're our intern. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> you were, <laughs> you're coming it's in. rather Indiana. presumptuous. Yeah. But it was just the kind of the thing where like, you don't really decline it. Like it's a, again, at the time, I mean, it still is, it's a very, cool position it's a very prestigious position and a great intern yeah opportunity for anyone involved yeah. who wants to be involved in the industry and, and, and pace it covers so much i mean from retail education just the percussive culture in general i mean yeah it does yeah. cover a lot i have to say and i don't know if i've told this story before but when i worked for Jeff. I grew up in Columbus, so always went to Columbus Pro Percussion mm-hmm. as it was my shop, Jim Rupp's shop. Yeah. And uh, I was, I didn't want to work there because I just didn't want to feel like, because Bob Breithop was even part owner. I'm like, it just, just seemed like nepotism to, to go work there. But I was, I was at an interview at a record shop in my, and, 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 and I got home and on the, on the, on the voice message machine, was I think maybe Jeff called and said, "Hey, wonder if you'd come in for an interview because we're we needed somebody to hire, you know to work here." And I was like, "Wow, they they actually want me to go." In there. <laughs> so I called him back. I was like, "Yeah, I'd I'd be interested in doing this." He says, well, yeah, well, man, come on in. How about just this weekend? And and you know, bring a pair of sticks because you know we like to hear you play and kind of know that we've got people that can play. And yeah. you know, this is. I was like, "Oh, okay." So like five days before this interview, I'm like what are they going to ask me to play? Like uh, 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 my jazz, uh, the Brazilian and, 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 and rock stuff. And I mean, like, I don't know, like, what am I going to, I just think it was just driving me crazy. Yeah. Five days later, I go in for the interview, Jeff, Jim, and another guy, Joel is there. And Jeff kind of ha- trying to keep himself from laughing. Go, did you bring your sticks? I'm like, yeah. And they all look at each other and start laughing. And Jim goes, guys, cut it out, Matt. We don't, we don't need you to play. They're just. Oh, I never heard you. that story. That's <laughs> I awesome. Like, I was like, I think I'm gonna like it here. <laughs> yeah. But Jeff, yeah. Oh, 100. percent Yeah, it's yeah, just funny awesome. to think of him as he's so could be so serious when needed, but also was like all of us at the same time yeah that that was what was so fun working for him because he was as i mentioned he was the executive director at the percussive art society which puts on PASIC. so PASIC just one part of i mean a lot of people know pas for the event right mm-hmm. but throughout the year there's you know the museum yeah in, in indianapolis there's a lot of other stuff and so he was wearing just so many different hats and as you said it had to be very business oriented and very you know uh serious when he needed to be but also like you know, I got to see in, in you as well, like the fun, just goofy Jeff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. What brought you to Nashville? What brought me to Nashville? Um, yeah, so just the quick fast forward in my journey, which also involves Jeff, funny enough. So, so after the internship at PAS, I ended up getting hired on full time. Like it just 
got very lucky again. I mean, I definitely like worked very hard, but there was never like a guaranteed job, right? Like pretty much any internship is not like you're walking into a job. That's like the best case scenario. Yeah. If it goes well and you want it to be. Um, but, um, I kind of made my skill sets known, I would say like, which is, I think some, you know, good advice for, for young students is like, don't just do the internship and just do the, what's on the paper, but like you have an opportunity to, to go beyond that. And so for example, I was able to use my, uh, digital media savviness, whatever you want to call it, social media inclination. And I was helping out, uh, Keely, uh, Keely Fletcher, who at the time was, um, she was managing all the digital media for PAS, social media, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was kind of like her assistant, even though I was just the intern, like I was not yet in a position. And eventually like she got offered a gig at Roland and it was a very natural fit for me to step up and take her position full time. So I was down there living in Indianapolis. I was doing that gig nice for a few years. And then, uh, just, you know, it was ready time for a change. I was, went to a very corporate gig, not at all in the industry. It was, uh, this company, Herf Jones. Hmm. And for those that know, like Jostens, they do like your books and oh, yeah. cap and gown. Herf Jones is like really the competitor, um, maybe kind of second in terms of market share. Okay. But they're also based in Indianapolis. Okay. So I took that gig. Great people, like learned so much. I mean, it's very different coming from the nonprofit world of the drum industry and PAS to now I'm like in a very corporate gig and I, and I was a social media manager. That's all I did was mm-hmm. social media. And I was actually the first social media manager. They didn't even have one before, which is cool. I, I had a lot of freedom to kind of do my own thing and like, how does this thing, of... Hey young man, <laughs> how does this all work? I got it. I got it. We're paying you a full-time salary yeah. to do this, but we don't know what's involved. Don't worry. You don't worry your pretty little head. We'll take care of all of it. Yeah. Like I'm still good friends with my boss, Amos Hafner. And I don't know if he'd be listening to this, but he, he was just the greatest and we had a really good team there, but it was just funny because me as like this drummer that like happened to do social media and now I'm literally like, so I go from following, you know, drummers and that audience online. And now yeah. I'm looking at teenage girls and influencers and cheerleaders. Yeah. Cause that was a big part of our market. You're like, mom, that's my job. I have <laughs> yeah. to, I swear to God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like getting blocked on the, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I definitely learned a lot, but again, fast forward, I, I definitely still wanted to have my foot in the drum industry. Yeah. There was definitely always something lacking. And so I connected back with Jeff because at that point he had left PAS and was working at Marimba One. Right. And he's still there. And um, he brought me on part-time while I was at Herf Jones. I was doing, again, helping out on the digital social media side for Marimba One. Okay. Doing a lot of their posts, um, you know, website kind of stuff. Still living stuff. In, in, in Indianapolis. Yeah. So they're out in Arcata, California. So that was a remote gig. Okay. And then throughout all of that, um, again, just through my connections at PAS, and, um, just, you know, you know, me just being, you know, just a good dude and like going to the trade shows and introducing myself and like having that rapport eventually came, you know, Pearl, um, had this, uh, job offer. They had a job opening mm-hmm. and they had my resume. They had my contact mm. information just throughout the years. And they hit me up one day. Did, how did they have it? Um, right. yeah, I get, um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm pretty sure I had, 
it might have been like a previous position that maybe I had applied for. Or, I mean, you know, it's a small industry, so... I'd, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they probably just, they knew who I was just from personal, uh, from, from PASIC and just uh, some of the colleagues there I had met, you know. So they reached out to me with this, uh, this job offer. It was the job I'm in now, uh, you know, the, the band orchestra marketing assistant. Mm-hmm. It's funny, at first when I got the the um, description, I was like, oh, this is cool, but it's not what I maybe thought it would be. So I was like, eh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll think it over. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so to answer your question, that's that's what brought me to Nashville was that uh, opportunity at Pearl. Yeah. So January I, 2020 during the pandemic and been here ever since. Yeah, welcome to then that <laughs> to all that man. Yeah, that's crazy. That, that's amazing. I am curious to know what it was like working and st- or studying with Blake Fleming in college. Yeah. So you, you, you've kept in contact. I thank you for that, for keeping in touch with me. And then right when you moved to Nashville, reached out and we reconnected. And then uh, you reached out to me about speaking with Blake and he, he, the way he interacts on social media, it's like he just isn't going to be someone that naturally comes across our radar, but it was one of my favorite interviews that we did. And he is so out of left field in such a refreshing way that, um, I can't thank you enough for that. But, but as I was reminded that you studied with him, I was like, what was that like? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Blake's just the best. I mean, again, back to like this whole New York and versus like the South kind of, I mean, yeah. he, he is yeah. thinking through like true to that New Yorker mindset to your face. He'll tell it how it is. Yes. And just such a genuine guy. I mean, he's, he's a family man. Um, and like the best, and I, you know, I've had, you know, many different teachers over the years, but some, some of my best, I think some of the best, uh, educators in general are, are those that can connect with the students, not just, you know, on a musical level. Right. But just on a personal level, Mm -hmm. just, I mean, he's a good, he was always a good friend. Even when I was in college with him, I was just a student. Um, some of the best lessons were just us talking about life. You know, it wasn't just about inverted paradiddles or trying this new, you know, stick control technique, whatever. Right. I mean, obviously the skills like he could play and that was always like, I want to learn from you and him being the original drummer for the Mars Volta. Like, and that was, I was always in, into that music as well. Mm-hmm. So that that gravitation was always like, yeah, I want to learn from this guy as a drummer. But then as a person, just very smart, um, had always had great life advice and just how to balance all, especially going through four years in, in college. I mean, every day is where I would just be real with him, like, hey, I didn't practice and like I'm going through this tough thing or I got this thing coming up or when he he helped me navigate through that. Mm-hmm. So, and he's been a great mentor even since I've graduated and moved out to Nashville. And so we had a very special connection that I'm always grateful for. Is there anything that you've taken from him that still applies to this day? You're like, you know what? I, you know, I, I know why I do this. I know why I think this way. It's because of my time with Blake. Hmm. That's a good, probably many things. Um, to think i think just like being real being true to yourself mm-hmm. and i know he's something he's 
probably still kind of has to deal with is like he's he kind of been this underground drummer and you talked about it in, in yeah. your interview with him and like he's he's been known like he he loves that right and he's just the that's just kind of who he is he's never been like you know in front of uh well you know he's he's had big gigs but i'm saying like he's not the the big pop drummer that you're gonna see on the billboards or whatever mm -hmm. he's not out there and especially like you said social media he doesn't really give a shit about <laughs> yeah but he, even though i've helped him and he's he's used it to his benefit for sure um but yeah just like you know paving your own path doing your own thing right you know, when the pressure is out there especially today to conform to to do something that maybe isn't you you know kind of what we were talking about even earlier about styles of music mm -hmm. and, and playing different styles even if it's not maybe what you are into but that's maybe what the gig is calling for right yeah blake's just a real he's a real solid dude and he knows like who he is thinking through and i think that can be applied to life you know there's no hard fast rule and i, I feel like blake is a great example of somebody that like you said n knows who he is and leans into that and so if you want to get a feel for what somebody like that is and does then he's just, I mean, he's, 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 he's all that. And I think what we were talking about earlier is you come to Nashville and you're like, where do I fit in? Where do I want to fit in? How hard should I try to fit in? And all those things are questions that you're constantly, I think we're constantly wrestling with, especially as, drummers who are providing the supportive role in these musical experiences whether it's in the studio or on the road or in a one-off or a permanent gig there's so few examples of people that are a member of a band and do their own thing we have to be chameleons in all these situations and so where do you find the place that where do you find yourself in in the place where you want to be ultimately want to be and the reason I, I say that is I think as a young person we're always like how do I get gigs how do I stay busy and there's the advice take never turn down any gigs you know and and that advice works to a point mm -hmm. and then if you continue on this mindset you find yourself doing work that you don't want to do you find yourself with people that you don't want to be around you've and then you start to resent music resent the industry and all this stuff. and it's like blake's one of those guys that just he is the counterculture of all that yeah exactly and can kind of give a little bit of advice on kind of keeping you focused on why it is we started to do this in the first place yeah so it all reminds me of our conversation this morning in you're so you and I right now and are both in this spot where we're not playing a lot of gigs and so we're having this, this discussion well if you have time to practice and you don't have a bunch of songs to learn for a gig whatever what do you practice at this yeah. stage you know I love the parallel uh with drumming and athletes right it's like Think about what does Steph Curry do in the off season or just after after a game and what is he practicing? What do all these guys do? They go back to the, the calisthenics, right? The basics. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's what I find myself doing. Yeah, I definitely pick this up from Blake. It's just like be very disciplined. Um, but and it doesn't mean it has to be boring, right, right, left, left kind of practice. Um, See, so yeah, I mean, lately I've been jumping into, uh, you know, Rich Stitzel. I don't. Uh, he's a he's out there on social media. He's a, a really awesome drummer, educator, and, and author. And he has, I, f- I think, a, f- a few books out now. But he's his whole brand is the Drum Mantra. It's kind of like meditation, wellness, and drumming all connected. It's pretty cool. No, that's I love that. And um, so it's like a, yeah, it's like a, I think it's an ebook. I have it through Hudson and. It's just a bunch of different permutations of rhythms and it's got, you know, like a very like meditative sound. It's kind of cheesy and he probably hears that, but it, it works. Like it's, it's, um, so you just, I'll, I'll just go into the studio and just sometimes just close my eyes because the rhythms you get used to the permutations after a while, you don't have to read the paper, mm-hmm. but it's just like focus on being very relaxed, you know, drop your shoulders. How's my, my left and right, uh, technique. Yes. And just like locking in all of your limbs. And I'll do that maybe for 20, 30 minutes. And it's like, it's not a cool, sexy thing. It's not, I'm not taping it for Instagram. It's not going to really result in a gig. It's not going to do anything, but I feel great afterwards. I do feel more locked in. Yeah. Um, so I think that's just, you know, that's one example of like, if, if I don't have a gig that I'm, if I don't have an artist gig I'm prepping for, or let's say a session that I'm, pre- I'm prepping for, I can, there's always something I can do to make sure I am as tight as I can be on my instrument. And, and, and you say that this makes you feel good at the end of it, but like, what, what is your argument for doing this for the bigger picture? Well, it's like going to the gym, right? Like, yeah, I mean, scientifically we feel great after going to the gym for sure. And it's a long game, you know, it's not like you go to the gym for an hour and then all of a sudden you're running a marathon. Like it doesn't work like that. Or you're doing like a strongman competition. Yeah. So I kind of see the same way. Like if I if I do these exercises, you know, every day, every week, um, I think over time I'm going to just be more confident drummer. I'm going to, mm-hmm. whether it's playing or just how I feel, my technique, mm-hmm. you know, a very Dave Elitch kind of mindset also, just like how am I, how do I feel at the drums? Am I sitting properly? Has my posture? All that kind of stuff. That's really important. Right. And, and I imagine that when you're working with exercises that have permutations and things that then then you're kind of automatically doing, I have found this as well. You get into a meditative state and you can start thinking about posture. You can start thinking about breathing and all these other aspects of what is a good use of time in the practice room. There's not time for that on the gig. There's not time yeah. for you to think about posture and breathing. Even Dave Elitch talks about that. When you go to do the gig or go to do the session, don't think about any of this stuff. Yeah, just play the gig. So it's 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 interesting because there's this weird balance between spending your time in the practice room, uh, practice performing knowing how to like count a song in and like working on that kind of thing um, so that you're, you're, you're good at performing, not good at practicing. Mm -hmm. But then when is that ability to utilize this private time in the practice room by yourself to do things that you can't get away with on the gig or, or shouldn't be doing on the gig, but is also aiding to, fine-tune your groove your pocket your um forelimb connectivity um 
touch and tone and all these things, that's the time to do it. Yeah. You know, and totally. it sounds like this is an, a perfect example of that. And I'm, you got to tell me about that or you got to turn me on to Yeah, this. I'll send you that the, book. He's got a new one out, Rich does. It's, I think it's based off of, I think it's the 20 note. So I think it's all like fivelets or something or quintuplets. Okay. Which I want to get into. And he's got like a whole Facebook group community where they're doing, it's, it's like a, you can get really in the weeds with, with what he has out there. It's pretty cool. Nice. Um, and again, to shout Blake, he's got his book of rhythm, which is yeah, kind of. He sent me a copy, and I, yeah. I, I use it semi regularly. It's it's great. It's like this extra syncopation book. Yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly like the root of a, a lot of these drum books coming out. I mean, he he's taken like pretty much every rhythm permutation out there. It's like five thousand plus rhythms, and it's another good like again if you're feeling if you're in a rut if you're feeling stuck, you just you open up a random page and you can just. Part of it is you have to know how to use the book, and he's got some videos on that, and he explains it in the book as well. Yeah. But just, you know, you've got a rhythm on a page, black and white notes. There's like 35 ways probably you can orchestrate it. You can write, you know, on the right hand now, on the left mm -hmm. hand, or just now move the hi-hat to, like, independence. I mean, there's so many different ways to do it, so it's kind of an, a never-ending tool for creativity. Right, right. So, the, you know, all those kind of things. And like I'll, I'll also... We were talking earlier too about like a goal for me this year is to really get back into just groove and just like the basics of of drumming and not just it's 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 always hard to again back to social media like to balance like putting out content that is maybe gonna get the likes and the comments and like your friends that are gonna think something's cool versus stuff that is you know good for the gig right which are usually not the same thing. Right, is your drummer buddy going to love it, or is that singer-songwriter going to love it? Yeah, because my drummer buddies, I don't know about you, but they haven't hired me yet for a gig. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. And, you know, it's. It, I think both can be true. You don't have to necessarily just do one or the other. I mean, I I think I'm finding a good balance of, of both practicing fun stuff and cool, choppy stuff or odd-time stuff, which I always love, versus, you know, feel stuff and shuffles and just um stuff that the artists you know here in nashville are going to be hiring for mm -hmm. so and there's the balance. challenge because we're talking about blake who does yeah. his thing and he he has made a career out of it and he's found found different avenues to express his style of drumming and his style of, of approach to music and rhythm and we're talking about something almost complete opposite when you guys had Kip Allen on recently, and he yeah. was talking about it's great to be in into the community of drummers, but also to be in with the community of singer songwriters and other artists and management and producers, and those are the people that are gonna get get you work. Yeah, and that was call a big takeaway from that uh, from that conversation, especially for me. Is like, you know, if you are trying to work with those people. Yeah, you have to find those people. You have to market yourself for the producers or songwriters. Like your drummer buddies are, of course, gonna love the cool chops you can do, and that's that's all great to to shed on and you know in your private time, like to still have those. Mm -hmm. Like we should never lose that love for the drums, right? But I think you have to be able to balance that and put that in a its own pocket, pull from it when you need to. But right. overall, like that stuff's not really. 
And it depends use. on your overall goals, really. I mean, because <laughs> yeah, this could yeah. fall on deaf ears for someone who's like, look, I, I'm not trying to work with singer-songwriters. I'm doing sure. my own thing and, yeah. you know, whatever. And, 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 and there is a space for that, for sure. Yeah. And, and that, that's undeniable, especially now with the ability to showcase that and, and, and attract this whole part of the retail industry that is seeking out drummers like that and musicians like that that are, are expressing themselves in that way in the non-traditional form. And yeah. you as a social media, uh, you being social media savvy and working for those companies that are relying on you to connect with those people, you must know that better than anyone else. Yeah. That it's like, man, this person it will probably never play in a band or do these other things, but they are relevant in the music industry. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, it's a constant back and forth conversation. I don't know if you've you probably uh, saw, and I know a lot of the listeners probably have too, but this thing that I don't think Drumeo put it out first, but you know, Jared Falk is everywhere and he'll put his two cents on pretty much any topic these days. But some drummer put out something that was like, you know, the drum influencers are not real working musicians or yeah. something. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Uh, a little bit. It's along mean, the lines I know of that. The con- I know of the conversation. And, yeah, and, and it was a good, know. I think, like you read through the comments and it was a it was a healthy back and forth of people putting in their, their mindsets. But that's just it. I mean, there's there's like the, the cover, the YouTube cover guys and the influencers and the, I mean, back to Pearl, like during 2020 and 2021, like we did bring on a bunch of quote unquote influencers as signed endorsed artists because of like their gig in that sense was their impressions in their audience online and the content they created and there's nothing wrong with that i mean look at someone like casey cooper who's one of our biggest you know artists supporters of the brand he's been making videos in his basement since he was a kid you know i was a big fan of him Mm. and he's still doing that and he's it's cool to see his he's evolved his not only his quality and and he's really, it's cool to see him like get more involved in the, the retail space. And um, I think he's definitely someone to admire in terms of like, if you're a young drummer and you think you can't do something or you can't record yourself good or you make cool videos or get a gig, like look at someone like Casey, because he's just, he's worked his way up from nothing. Hmm. And, um, and he's always looking to inspire the next generation, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But my point is like, he's, there's a niche there for those kind of personalities you know versus the guys that are making a living touring right like those are both great things you know it's i think it's it's undeniable i mean just right change is inevitable and yeah like the old the old school traditional guys um you know you can see in their shoes like they maybe they feel threatened Mm -hmm. these young guys coming up that it's like oh they just they just put out a video and it's viral now they're playing madison square garden like that doesn't feel right that's like they didn't really work through it they didn't go through the yeah the grind and the gut of it yeah but you know they've had to adapt as well and they're, they're ultimately they're using the tools available to them right you know these days it's tiktok yeah you know we just talked to andrew grosso who's got the the gale gig right now he's drumming for gale and um like i mean she basically on your up, on the podcast on, on the, the podcast, Drummers yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. yeah and like hearing his story it was just so cool yeah uh, and how he's navigated kind of both sides of that. Yeah, I find it fascinating, man. And I'm not, I'm not going to fall into that's not the way it's done, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, I, I think it's, it's art, man, and it's however people want to do it. And 
yeah, I feel like this older generation that are maybe pushing back against this, uh, maybe there's a different way to look at it and to be like, dude, you don't have to load your drums in and out of smoky bars or stuff anymore. You can actually stay home and <laughs> there's other ways of doing it. Yeah. It might fit perfectly into this stage of your life. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if this question makes sense, but let me throw it at you. Yeah. What experiences have you had or people you've met that have changed the direction or perspective of your career while you've been in Nashville? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, maybe we can just go back to like this in the, the podcast that I've started with Nate, the National Drummers podcast. Yeah. And because um, that really started, like we started in, I think, August of 2021. And it, I know for me personally, it was kind of, as I moved to Nashville and I was quote unquote going out and networking, doing that whole thing and meeting a bunch of not just drummers, but songwriters, you know, musicians, producers. And, but I was specifically of course drawn to other drummers and I was talking to all these people that for the most part moved here. Like they're not from Nashville. Yeah. They all had these really crazy, cool, inspiring stories. And, um, you know, so Nate and I were just, we would just talk, to different drummers and Nate and I personally would talk to ourselves about different topics and he I don't know if you've ever met Nate but he's he's just like a perfect personality for a podcast and um and we're very different too so it, over time it just led to like well maybe we should just record this and I think people would dig it and yeah so anyway um yeah my, my what I was saying there is just like all the people I've met through the podcast have been I mean every, you probably feel this too and I was just listening to your 400th episode, which is okay. just unbelievable. You know, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Like our podcast wouldn't exist without a working drummer. And like, oh, you, you guys awesome, have, have paved the way. And like, it's just so inspiring. It's so cool to see what you and Zach have started and continue to do. Well, thanks, man. You And you met me at the beginning. Yeah, which is wild. It. Yeah, I didn't realize really cool. it at the time. <laughs> well, I, I, and, that's, and that's, that's why I'm excited to have you on, man, as far as just like to see that, there are different ways to express yourself and and build upon community and participate in one way or another. And and like I said to so many people is that at this point, at this stage, the podcast kind of runs on its own. This is the this is the work that we're doing right now. I'll I'll edit and post and stuff like that and get it ready to put out. Yeah. But we've de- designed it in such a way that it's it fun it's really fun to do so we can remain consistent with it and um and it allows me to learn more about the the town that i've been in for over 20 years more so now in the last eight years than ever before and know what's going on so it it's been a really good thing so i'm 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 excited for what you guys have done and what you put together and um and the uniqueness of it. And we're part of the Drum Click Network that is four other podcasts as well, all drum-centric, but each one has its own unique voice. Yeah, And so I think another thing about having you on is for that listener that may be interested in starting something uh, on their own, whether it's a podcast or you know an artist-type Instagram page or TikTok or whatever. And it's like, there's ways to do it. 
you know, and and still remain true to your own voice. And you guys have done that in spades. It's been amazing. Yeah. It's well, thanks. Really for, cool. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for saying that. Yeah. I remember. I think it was. It must have been two years ago at the the Music City Drum Show. Yeah. Where yeah. We, you were on that episode. Yeah. You had me sit down on the couch in the booth there. I think at that point we hadn't yet really decided on the name for it. Like we had the idea for it. We're gonna okay. do it. <laughs> and then you asked me on the on the mic. I was like. Nashville Drummers Podcast. I think we're I think we're just gonna go simple. Like that's what we wanna do. We just wanna interview our I said no, that will never work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's been it's been cool to see how it's definitely been taken off more this year. Um but yeah, like I've I I'm sure you feel this way with the podcast with working drummer. Like every single person, every single guest I've taken away yeah. something from. It's just the coolest. I mean I think right now we're up to episode only 25. So we got a long way to go for uh, the 400 there. But like, and and a lot of these guys, like, you know, we've met before some of them, either I'm meeting for the first time or Nate is meeting for the first time. We kind of sort of try to rotate who we're bringing in and, and kind of keep it diverse. But yeah, like everything, a lot of the, we have so much fun with it too. Cause it's just, again, similar to your podcast, like it's not just drums. Like we talk about everything else. Right. You know, like you're, you're a drummer, you're in Nashville, you're doing something that's worth talking about. You have a gig or story that kind of gets you on. Right. Yeah. But then it's like, well, let's talk, let's go into how you've navigated the journey and how you've had some level of, of success so far. Um, so yeah, I've, I've learned back to your initial question. I mean, I've learned so much from all of our guests. I've learned a bunch from just friends here and, and mentors like you. Cause yeah, I mean, year three here in Nashville, I'm still definitely feel like, okay, this, the pandemic's not really a thing anymore here. So I can't, I don't want to use that as like, well, I'm new and it's like the pandemic. So there's no gigs. I mean, that's not true. Mm-hmm. There were still gigs during the pandemic and now it's like, okay, there's, there's work to be had here. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm just trying to navigate sort of where I fit into that. So any advice to anybody living in a community like Nashville on how to be inspired by this sea of amazing drumming talent, as opposed to feeling overwhelmed in as far as developing your own sound and fine-tuning your own skills, especially with living, not only living in a music town like this, so this is related to anybody in their community, whatever, but also working at a company like Pearl where you're interacting with artists and an amazing talent. How... Any advice to someone to kind of just remain engaged and not be like, okay, I'm I'm out, I'm done. I can't deal, I can't deal with with this. Does that make Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's always challenging, I think, to balance of like being inspired versus. I, I used this word earlier when we were, had breakfast, like the imposter syndrome, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I was going to ask you too if you ever feel this as specifically as like a as we both are podcasts hosts of like we're surrounded by so much talent and greatness sometimes it sometimes feel like you're just so beneath that you know like we're interviewing the coolest people and that have done all this cool stuff it's like well wait what am i doing because i mean obviously not to take away from like we've we're bringing this tool we're creating this platform which is amazing and a lot of a lot of work right Mm -hmm. yeah it makes you think okay how can i pull from all these guests it's like what's the quote great artists steal Mm-hmm. Right. So like, mm-hmm. you know, everyone that we've talked to and, and, you know, your guests and just as you mentioned, people in any creative community, I think there's always um, 
traits that you can probably pull from somebody and just apply it to yourself. Yeah. Um, trying to think. I mean, we had Jed Smith. Um, we talked a lot about just uh, health and like the stretches that he does before a gig. It's like, oh, I can steal. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> I'm going to focus on stretching now. I mean, like, yeah, it forces you to kind of think deeper into different areas. It's cool to see how different people have their things. Right. You know? Right. But. No, I, I know exactly what you're saying because there's, there's things actually on episode 400. I'm going to put this out there. One thing that didn't make the cut and the final edit is Zach and I were talking and I said, let me ask you a question. Since you've, since we've started this podcast and it's grown, when people come out and see you at gigs, do you ever feel like people have an expectation of, man, this guy's hosting this podcast, so he should be able to play whatever, whatever. And, and I asked Zach that, and, you know, it was almost like as a friend, you know, it's like, I feel this pressure um, to have to be a certain kind of player, to be at a certain level if I'm going to be the voice of authority, which I'm not. I'm, I'm simply, the I'm, I'm just trying to have good hosting skills yeah being a good interviewer good conversationalist which you are and that's, that's something i've always you know look up to just, thank you man we're both so new at this whole podcast game which has been really fun and informative and valuable to just you know again go after a new scary uh, it is a new thing activity and skill yeah you guys um, balance each other out really well too yeah yeah, yeah thank you yeah we, we try but yeah, just in terms of, because uh, it's hard to be an interviewer, you know, as you know, like to to stay on task. I think you do such a good job of just commanding. It's a lot of editing. Commanding the room and just being, yeah. A lot of editing. It's, you learn, every every episode it seems to be getting better. Awesome. So, That's good to know. I, yeah. Well, to answer the, 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 what, here's the advice that Zach gave me. Yeah. He said, fuck it, man. <laughs> Don't worry about That's it. That's him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, don't worry about any of that shit. Yeah. Well, that was just it. That's that's a real uh, internal fear that I had. Um, Relating to that the whole thing you were talking about, imposter syndrome. Yeah. And as people are yeah. coming to your podcast, and like, what? why is he hosting that? What? what why does he have, you know? Yeah, what gig does he have? Well, especially because, yeah. I mean, I had just moved here. And it's not like I've, I, yeah, I had that same thought. Of like, who am I to be putting on this podcast? Because yeah. at the time, it's like, we decided we want to do it. It's going to be fun. Like we're going to do it. But I still had that in the back of my head. Like, I don't want to come off like, well, who, Nashville drummer, but you're not even, a, you're not even a Nashville drummer. Like no. you're, you're, you're new, you're nobody. Of course that's, that's all just in my head. Like I'm a good, yeah. I'm a good guy. And like, I think that's, that's a, that's know, an advantage. Like, I think you have the curiosity, yeah. this newness, this, um, and also I feel like the, the other thing that you bring to the table, even You've had a couple guests on that we've had on as well, but mm -hmm. your direction and perspective is coming from a completely different place that it's like, you know what, you can listen to our interview with Marcus Finney and then, then go listen to your interview with Marcus. Yeah, or Jake Summers. Yeah, or Jake or, yeah. or, yeah, or any of this. So it's, it's, it's great to know that it's, you're going to have questions that i haven't even begin begun to think of that's a good point that's yeah. really great and and it's like yeah i'm curious too but it's like i feel like your curiosity is going to come from a different different place just yeah. naturally yeah that's really refreshing you, you also have um 
I, I feel like between you and Nate, there's this, there's a uh, an energy that you guys are both interviewing at the same time. So there's more of that that interaction and flow of conversation that's that happens between three people that doesn't happen between two people. Sure. So it's a yeah. good it's a good style. It's a good pace change of pace in in the way. You know the way I the way Zach and I do it and the way you guys do it. Yeah, yeah, it definitely creates more of a dynamic uh, conversation opportunity for more outlets of topics and yeah, because like you know our guest Marcus could say a line and then I'm gonna have I'm gonna want to take that this way and Nate's gonna want to take it the other way. Yeah, and both of those things could exist. Right. So it's fun. It doesn't make for more editing, yeah, but it's uh <laughs> it's yeah, fun. It's very right, grateful man. for for Nate and just um the community here. I mean, you know, it just everyone in Nashville has been really awesome and Yes. And we're and we're looking to expand um to getting some some guests that are not in Nashville. But mm-hmm. I think what's cool is like it'll still be through the vein of like the Nashville drummer, like the mm-hmm. working drummer, right? Just like you know, and, and I think, you know, um, we're trying to keep it. Most of the guests we've had on um, are sort of like the up and coming, or yeah. they maybe maybe on one that just landed a big gig, or they're in the middle of auditions, or like they just moved here last year or last month. Yeah. So it's been cool. We're, tr- we're kind of catching people like as they're kind of coming up versus, um, you know, like they've already maybe won the Grammy. It's like, not as relatable to our listeners. Sure. So sure. we're trying to keep that, even if we expand to some of the younger or drummers from different cities, you want to keep that, uh, that kind of mindset. So it, it's, I want to ask you if you guys kind of had a plan or a mission statement, but one of the things in the description of the podcast is it gives a voice to Nashville's next generation of players, the up and coming drummers you may haven't heard of yet. And I love that yeah. you guys, it's like, you haven't heard of these guys yet, but you will. But you will. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. it's like, we're not just talking about up and comers that may have something you can relate to or not relate to. But if you can't relate to these guys, just get on board, listen to what they have to say, because mm-hmm. they're doing something that is working for them at this stage of their career. Yeah. That's, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, like being in Nashville, we're going to still talk to the Marcus Finney's and Jake Summers, like uh-huh. it'd be a big waste not to. But Jake but, is in that weird spot. He's got a great gig. Yeah. But he's still relatively new to town. Yeah. And it's, I found it fascinating that maybe he, he said this on your interview as well. Like he would come back from tour and, and he's still on Broadway playing. Yes. It's like, wow. <laughs> well, and, and there was a there was a hang, uh, a, a cigar hang uh, yesterday afternoon. Oh, yeah. I missed that. And he was there. Yep. And I think... When there's situations like that, sometimes if you're not real busy, you find yourself making an effort to get out, to see people play, to go to hangs, to go to do this and go do that. And then once you're kind of up and running and you're busy, maybe you don't stay involved in those. I'm I'm talking about myself. (laughs) Jake is a great example of somebody that continues to stay invested in the community in one way or another. And this is a man who has a life and I, I don't know if he's married yet or if he's engaged or whatever, but I mean, it's like he's got shit to do. Oh yeah. 
yeah. in his day to day, and he's right. still making time. That's funny because that's how he got the gig. I know. <laughs> like, and he's still. So it's not like to your point. He didn't just get the gig, and now it's like, all right, now I can be this rock star, and and like I'm not. He's not too good for Broadway. Like he or too good to yeah. come to the yeah. the small drummer hang here in town. Yep. Like, I think that's something to be said for that. You for know? sure. So. Well, going back to my uh, question, though, did you guys, when you first started, we were like, this is kind of what we want to do. This is our mission. This is how we differentiate ourselves from the sea of podcasts. Or was that a thought at all? Um, I think it was. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we knew from the beginning it was going to be a guest featured kind of podcast. You know, same right. with you guys. But we also, and this goes back to just Nate, me, my friendship with Nate, like we would just find ourselves in deeper conversations about like the weird deep sea topics of drumming or in his case, like he's a, he's a big prog metal drummer and he was, he's always introducing me to not only amazing drummers, but just also cool things to try. Cause we both had a room at diamond sound studios. Mm -hmm. That's where mm -hmm. we, that's actually where we met and that's where we record the podcast. So it's really full circle. I was listening to Conan O'Brien's podcast Conan O'Brien needs a friend which is amazing <laughs> and he was talking about when he first started writing on the Simpsons they were saying yeah this is all great writing but keep in mind the focus is the Simpsons are a family and yeah. so all this this has to work within that's your cornerstone exactly yeah I think ours has been always sort of yeah I think we have it kind of like what you read earlier like we wanted to focus on mm -hmm. the up and coming the drummers you haven't yet heard of and as I said, these are people uh, that are, we want to have it definitely be a diverse set of guests, um, highlight more females here in town. I mean, there's, we've had Sophia Goodman talking to us about jazz, like some really cool people doing really cool things here in town. Mm -hmm. And then also just the way, like you said, like the interview style can be um, kind of all over the place sometimes, but like, that's the fun of it. Yeah. And we, I guess think. I think we didn't want it to be just drums, like just talking, like just drummers talking about drums. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny, my sister's, shout out to Rachel, she's one of the, the best supporters that we could ask for for the show. She's, That's amazing. And I'm so it'll come out, she'll, I had to tell her to kind of wait to give me feedback. She would, she, what she would do is she would listen and then like be texting me in real time, like what she thought or like you could do this better. You know, she's she's our worst critic in a good way, but... Uh, my point is, she's not a musician whatsoever. She's in, uh, she's a, a lawyer, and uh, but she finds she's told me like she she finds it very valuable. Like the stuff, the topics we talk about can be applied. Yeah, it's sometimes not anything to do with drumming whatsoever. Right. So I think we always we I mean, like any podcast, right? You want it to be entertaining, but also there has to be education, has to be valuable in some way. Right. So that's the thing. I mean, it's it's weird kind of walking that line and. It wasn't until recently that Zach brought this up where you're thinking about what you want to talk about, who you want to talk to, and he goes, at the at the core of it, are they a good conversationalist? You know, is it easy to listen to? And so when you're producing a podcast, and this goes to all the critics that be like, I can do that, I can do this, or, or you know, whatever, then start your own podcast and you could see all the things that are involved is as fun and, and, and as informative as it is, it still takes work to kind of stand out and reach an audience that wants to listen to you. And one of the ways that you do that besides audio quality 
and reaching people and let, letting people know that you exist is the nature of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, the, and it could be about anything. And you always have to keep that in mind. It's like, that's great. This is our platform. This is the vehicle in which we are launching from is drumming. And and for us both, this this working drummer and and and, this, and especially a lot in Nashville, that but is this going to be? It's not our target audience, but could a non-drummer listen to this and enjoy it? Mm-hmm. You know, and in yeah. the way we talk and the things that we talk about, you know, you know, all those kinds of things. Yeah. So and I and I'm sure you guys, in a very short order, have kind of learned learned that yeah we've definitely learned a lot um it's funny because just i mean selfishly like we're both using this as our own networking tool we're meeting all these amazing friends and contacts and network um but also just like nate and i know when we first started we wanted to be better we both expressed a need or a desire to be better at just public speaking communicating Mm -hmm. um i'm definitely more introverted i would say he's He's more extroverted, but definitely like, I mean, he's admitted sometimes he's, he just struggles with, with, um, sometimes the fear of, you know, I'm just talking and just whatever it may be. And, uh, yeah, through the podcast that we've both have just become much more comfortable. Like he's told me like, and this is pretty cool. He's told me that he would, if he had to get up in a room full of people right now, or say it was like a drummer lunch or something like, yeah, he would feel totally comfortable with that. I agree with Whereas, that. Whereas like a year or two ago, probably yep. not. Yeah, I probably would feel the same way now. Yeah, which is cool. I think one thing is you'll find over and over. Uh, 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 I'm sorry. I think one thing you'll find over time is that what makes you unique in this community. Let's just take Nashville for example. Is that you have something that you've created as a drummer, and there are those that we know in our community that have created something, whether it's their own studio or their own teaching practice or things like that. But now you can go in and say, this is something that I've created and rest on that, that, that work, that effort. And it's like that, that's, it's not easy, man, you know? And, and the other thing that you guys do so well is that I feel like there's this intentionality in the way you guys present yourself on social media, whether it's the color scheme, the um, the clips, those things like the things that Zach and I don't do <laughs> so well. Thank you. Almost yeah. by choice, you know. It's like, well, yeah. if you're gonna find it, you're gonna find it. But right, right. Um, what's the thought process in that? In the just the design? So you guys got shirts that just came in. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, just got shirts. Um, yeah, I mean, thank you for for saying that, and like that, it all goes back to I think that that that's definitely me kind of steering that ship from my background that we already discussed of you know working for different brands and working in social media. I've I've always just had a love for that, just making something your own, and but just sticking to it and having mm-hmm. it be super identifiable, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think from the start, like. Once we decided we're going to do a podcast, okay, we got mics. We, I mean, I know I wanted to just, I wanted, like, I was like, if we're going to do this, I want to do it right. And I want to do it in a very modern way. Um, 
So whether it's like the social media clips or just videotaping it and all that kind of, yeah. it's fun stuff. I, I enjoy editing all that and, and looking back on that content and yeah. Um, you know, I mean, ultimately it's just more fuel to promote it. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, it, it is the podcast, it's the conversations, but we're excited this year. We're, we're hoping to kind of branch out and do, try to look into doing like, how can we take this, this outlet from just conversations to more resources, right? Whether it's like monthly drummer sheds or events, we want to partner with the local businesses here and yeah, we have one sponsor right now. Huge thank you to Music Lab Nashville. Yeah, Ben Wood, who's helping us out every month, but looking to to do more in that world as well. Expand. I was going to so. ask kind of what your future goals are, and that's yeah. I mean, onwards and upwards. You know, like we have there's there's never a shortage of people to interview. So that's kind that's of true. Like you said, yeah, like it's it kind of runs itself in that way. Like scheduling people, talking to them, recording the interview. Um, but yeah, as I said, I'd love to, we want to do more this year in the community in Nashville, um, events, sponsorships. Is Pearl Just, watching you and what you're doing? Well, I've, it's a kind of a weird thing for me. Like I don't, I've purposely not wanted to touch Pearl in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm probably every episode I mentioned that I'm working for Pearl, but like, it's not, you know, it's not any, um, direct meaningful way. Like it, that's just my gig right now, but it's, I, I don't want to mix those two things, at least right now. Yeah. Um, it could be, could be a potential there. Yeah. Or even like giveaways and unique prizes, stuff like that. Right. I think that's but, really smart. I mean, it's like maintain this healthy division between what you are doing and building your brand and what is yours, what is uniquely yours. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not taking anything away from obviously what Nate is contributing, but I mean, compared to what your job is but also there is that relationship there that's unique i have a relationship with forks you know yeah. i worked there for a couple years back in the oh, early I didn't days know yeah like yeah, yeah. 2000 2001 and so they were always my go-to at the very beginning when we were looking for ads and stuff like that and it's kind of come full circle and they're doing some more full full-time ads and stuff like that but um and tapping into those resources that exist already you yeah, know, whether it's just direct friends or people you've known forever, um, that's why it's how we met is through Jeff because of my former relationship with with him. And we were talking about this at the drummer hang yesterday. Is the whole website thing like how important is it to have a website? Because in the Drum Click Network, half the guys in this network don't even have a website. They yeah. just have an Instagram page, and we we got a homepage for the Drum Click. And uh, Bart has his with Drum History, and we've got ours now. Ed, but it's very, it's it's very simple. Like, where where do you see websites? And maybe this is good for people that are thinking about building a website or maintaining a website for their own personal uh, drumming and brand and and whatever. Like, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> um, I mean, it ultimately depends on the industry you're in, your goals. And it's so much has changed, right? Like before, like you, someone like Kenny Aronoff, like do you think he needs a website? Like no chance, right? Like it's yeah. Kenny Aronoff, right? Right. Um, so these guys that kind of just grew up and just grinded and got the gigs and it's like, okay, maybe now they have a website to put all that shit on their website. Right. What they've done. Yeah. More of like a, an archive. Like a one page. Database. Like a one page Here's website. Here's all that I've done. If you want to book me, like here's, here's my, my number. Here's, here's my, my agent. Email. Whatever. Yeah. So like there's, there's that side of it, which I think is fine. But then there's 
Um, yeah, like I'm not getting gigs from my website. I think, I don't think I am at least. I think it's more into the conversation of just like how you Dude, present you have yourself. 50 messages on your website. People <laughs> All with the spam crap, yeah. <laughs> no, Damn Dan, it. you are. You have to keep up on it. Man. Yeah, right. But no, I think it's it comes back to how it makes it, how you present yourself. And I think there's a lot of transferable value value from that. So it's like if, you know, if someone sees my, I mean, I think I just have a pretty basic website, but I've gotten some good compliments on mine. And it's very simple, but it's like, if he's putting that much time and effort in just his website, is he going to put that same effort into the gig I'm going to hire him for oh, okay. or the session? So it's like, the website is just another, it's like social media. It's just another representation. It's another touch point for you to be able to put your brand, because we, we are all brands, right? And that's what Kip was saying. That's what a lot of our guests say, like, especially now, like we all are our own brand. Right. Right. And so are you going to let the internet basically decide that for you and like maybe an old 2004 video or are you going to take control of that? Yeah. You know, get some headshots, get some cool photos, get a simple one-page website. I'm redoing my uh, my girlfriend's website now, which is probably the coolest project I've worked for because she's a songwriter here in town. Oh, cool. And so she, it's like arguably like, does she need that? Is that going to get her gigs? Same idea. Maybe not, but like it's good for when she's booking rights and sessions. Here's my, here are all my demos. Here's all my stuff in this awesome modern website. Oh, like it's an, it's a professionalism kind of thing like you know like oh you take yourself professionally like this is a really good you've packaged you've taken the time to package yourself together and so i think that that just gets you in the door i think to like right. those you still have to be able to do the gig and like yeah none of that's forget the website at that point but i think the website is just another tool like social media to help you get get you that those uh, opportunities but it's different than something that's a real-time type social media like Instagram. Instagram seems more in real-time. What you did this yeah. week, what you did this month, where the website, if you t if you look at it that way, that's going to be more labor-intensive and probably harder to maintain. Yeah. You have to set it up. This is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I need to redo my website so that it is representative of me in a, in a, in a positive way that um, gets people, they can link on and see, go to my Instagram page to see something that's in real time. They can go to my YouTube page and see something, go down to some rabbit holes if they want. But if my if I don't touch, I, I want to design my webs, my personal website, or redesign my personal website in such a way that if I don't touch it for a year, it's still good. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what I did for mine. But that's, but that's also just a challenge, or that's part of I think part of any website is that you're going to have to eventually update it, right? I mean, you can't always, depending on how it's set up, right? I mean, right now I have like gigs on there and like they're all from last year. So I probably should I update that, that right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> or even like the pictures are good, but like they're now all old pictures. I had barely had a mustache back then, like whatever. So it's just like, like we change as people. So the website more or less needs to evolve as well. But I think but like, slower than Instagram. Be, exactly. Right, to right, your point. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially like if you're not, most of the websites for musicians, like you don't need like a blog. It's not like an everyday thing. It's just, yes. it's more of an archive. 
here's all of these things connected. Here's my day-to-day accounts, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, email. It's all connected in one Here's links place. as opposed to here, here I'm going to give you, I actually gave a, a podcast business card to somebody yesterday and a friend of yeah. mine loves the idea of when like business cards, a actual physical paper business card, mm-hmm. he'll say, here, let me give you something to throw away, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. but if you have a good, if you have a decent address and you have good links to it, then if somebody needs to find out about you, if somebody's trying to connect you with somebody else, yeah. then they can go to one home base and then branch out from there. You know, yeah. And there's tools, you know, like for, for the podcast website, I think for yours too, like every time there's a new episode. Yeah it automatically pulls it in. Right, so like, and we're not posting it on there the way we were before, yeah. which is just exhausting. So there's tools, you know, it's, it's not super intensive. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm just curious yeah. to kind of know just uh, your your perspective on it. Yeah, my perspective is coming, and, again, from like, I grew up in in that digital world, so like... Yep, and I did not, so... Yeah, so I, and both of those experiences are valid, and um, I think it depends you know, how you use it. It could be definitely valuable. It won't hurt you. But I think the, the devil's advocate is like, is there something that don't, people, I don't think you do need one. Is there something that you know? people will post? But if you do want one, come you. to me, I'll give you a, a cool updated one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what was your question? Say that part again, what you were just saying. No, I'm just okay. saying like, what I say, if you, you don't need one to get gigs or to, to live your life, but if you do want one, like yeah. do it right. Yeah. And like, I can help you with that. <laughs> yes. No, I want people to know yeah, that. I, I'm, I'm not really marketing myself as like a web designer, but I'll take on, like I just did, um, uh, I was talking with Finch and, um, oh, wow, I'm blanking. Uh, I know. Jason I, Schmidt. Yeah. From Jason the, from Schmidt, the who I, hand, I missed right? the opportunity to meet in person yeah, yesterday. Yeah, Schmidt is awesome. I haven't met him, funny enough, but I did his website. Yeah, it looks great. And I've done a few, just, and not even just drummer websites, but just my friends. I did Blake's website. Yeah. So like I'll do those projects as they come my way. Well, we but, might actually hit hit you up. Yeah. Couple last things. Yeah. Is there something that people can post that would be detrimental to their ability to get work that maybe you've seen? Whether oh, it's course, a website yeah. or uh, Instagram or whatever. Well, especially in this cancel culture, right? That we live in. I mean, you have to be careful about. Mm. I mean, probably less for musicians if we're just posting us playing. I mean. Well, I mean, you, you have to be careful there too, right? Because that's what we were talking about. Like if you're posting too much chop kind of content. Yeah, it's like I just need this person to play two and four. And yeah, he's that, just that could all be a big turnoff for like, you know, I don't want to be known as like the drum cover guy, even though I love doing it. Sure. I can balance my sort of content strategy to still do that, but balance it with more applicable kind of mm-hmm, content. Mm-hmm. That's going to get me gigs. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, I think yeah. I, I, maybe you were leaning into this idea of like really opinionated type stuff that maybe could just be a complete turnoff and maybe you miss an opportunity to work with somebody that you should be working with because I don't know. I, and that's, I yeah, think that's, that's easy. F- that's easier said than done. And if, if I don't know, it's, we'll keep talking. I know we don't have a ton of time today, but there's definitely, there's a thing happening in the industry with like, yeah, like you said, some of these personalities coming out. I mean, lately it's been, I mean, Drumio always, and Jared Falk always mm-hmm. has an opinion on something, and he's very quick to, to post. And he's gotten a lot of heat recently for some mm. topics. I don't know if you caught the thing with, with Mike Johnston. Because, you know, Mike, uh, what is it, Mike and Eddie, they have their own podcast as mm-hmm. well. And there was a whole thing. It was, really, it was just so dumb, but it blew up on, on Instagram. 
and not to get into it, yeah, the, all the details, but it was like because Mike's a Gretsch guy and he has like this blue sparkle, beautiful Gretsch yeah. kit. Yeah. Okay, so that's a thing. Fine. And then one of the Drumeo staff, um, I'm blanking on his name. Great dude, who's like one of that young educator players, and they posted a video of like basically the same kit. And so then Mike on his podcast called him out for it, but like it was in a very weird way. It was like, dude, like pick, like basically it came off like that's my kit. Like you got to know better. Like have your own kit. Like do your own thing. But then Jared posted about it. And like, it, it just, there was no reason, like two, two of the most respected, talented guys in the community between Jared Falk and, and Mike's, Mike Johnson, you know, Mike, yeah. Mike's lessons, right? And for yeah. all that he's done. And it was just weird to see that. And, but to your point, like you have to be careful and like, <sighs> it's weird. I mean, and a lot of these people, like we may never even meet. I've met Jared myself, but yeah. in terms of like the community, you're probably never going to actually meet Jared or Mike. Yeah, and then like you see this kind of stuff. Come on, it, guys! It's like let's 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 that not. can have real impact, especially in today's cancel. What are we guitar culture. players? Like, yeah, exactly. Cut yeah. that shit out. We're better than that. Come yeah. on, we're drummers. <laughs> yeah, so that was that's weird to see. I I, I don't know. That's but. weird, man. It's interesting. Yeah, no, a lot to a lot to uh, food for thought for sure. Yeah. Let me ask you one last thing though. Where do you see where do you see yourself like in ten years? What do you what do you want to be doing? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I definitely look up to someone like you who has, has been in this town for a while and like what you've been able to do with the podcast. You want to do some glass recycling on the side? Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> I can hook you up with a few routes. Uh, I didn't say that, but <laughs> no, 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 I mean, I've, you know, I've been here now three years. I, I'd love to, I think I'm doing a lot of things I want to be doing. I just want to, as we all want to just level up, right. And just yeah. kind of what's next, whether it's playing with bigger artists or playing cooler gigs, cooler venues. Yeah you know, definitely some bucket list venues, whether it's in town or out of town that I've gotten to play at. Um, I got to play outside the Ryman, which is cool. So yeah. it wasn't the Ryman, but it was like that. Maybe you've done it. It was like the sidewalk session before it was before Jason Isbell. Oh, cool. And it was like the perfect night. Yeah. I love like Jason. the weather was great. And that was just, that was cool. Like, you know, it wasn't, we weren't playing the Ryman, but it was just like, wow. Like, you know, for me to just move to Nashville and like now I'm playing outside this cool. So like those kind of things, I'm mm-hmm. the next five, 10 years, like I, I want to look back and hopefully I'm only progressing further in those kind of areas. And yeah, I want to, hopefully we're still doing the podcast. Uh, I want to be doing more sessions and yeah, just, you know, uh, and then Pearl, of course, too. I definitely, I'm there. It's, it's, a, it's a career gig for me at this point. And, uh, so we'll see where that takes me. It, I get the impression that you, what you want to be doing is what you're doing now, just more of it. <laughs> more of it, and yeah, I want to meet more people and become more connected. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so. no, ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah, man, it's I love a journey. It. I love it. <laughs> I'm not there yet, but... And, and, and you know. also keep in mind, it's not a straight line. Yeah. And as I'm going through this slow period right now, almost by design, I have to remind myself, it's not a straight line. You've been here before. And just be cool and um, use that downtime to do the things that you've that you didn't have time to do before, whether it's in the practice room or with your loved ones or that window that needs repaired. Yeah. <laughs> so all those things you take advantage of because because it's it's still it's about at, you know, when you when you zoom back, it is a straight line. Yeah. You know, um, but so th- that sounds amazing. Nashville Drummers Podcast. 
Nashville Drummers Podcast. What's the website? Yeah, it's uh-huh. all just NashvilleDrummersPodcast.com, Instagram. Uh-huh. We're on TikTok and then uh, Facebook as well. So Anywhere fine podcasts are downloaded. Exactly. Check it out. When's the next episode coming out? Uh, probably, well, at this point it'll be, uh, so probably next week here in January. But we had a really good talk with uh, Tim Buell. If you know Tim. Um, I don't. He's here and I believe in Brentwood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just nice uh, onward and upward. So we're excited. Yeah. Keep talking to more guests and learning from them and, and getting to share that with everybody. Yeah. No, I, 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 everybody go check this out. You guys do such a great job and, um, I'm going to have you on next. That'd be fun, man. Let's do it. Be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited for, for what you guys are, are doing and what, what will, what will happen in the future and, and just, digging in and, and introducing all of us to new and great great drummers yeah man again like I know Nate would say the same thing like just so appreciate you being so supportive and of course because it could it could have been easy for someone in your position to be maybe threatened or just be like well the new guy is doing a podcast and, and there is some carryover obviously like we yeah. both talked to you know Marcus or Jake or some of these yeah. guests but like to your point like different through different mindsets and those two things can exist and that's what i love about totally. this community yeah and there's there's other drum podcasts but they can all exist they all yep. serve yeah different needs and and entertainment values and and so and, and for the mike for, and the oh, yeah, you're welcome for and for the mike supporting. and the jareds out there you all yeah. need to take a, a page from <laughs> this from this community here yeah man just just chill it come to nashville and just stop hiding behind the screen you know <laughs> <laughs> Come on, then we'll go out for uh, some some whiskey and hot chicken and just yeah, the hot chicken will set you straight exactly. <laughs> Dan, thanks, man. Dude, Appreciate thank it. you, Matt. Appreciate it. So there you have it, my conversation with Dan Ainsban. Uh, Dan is a great example of this young talent that's coming in and shaking things up in a town like Nashville. And if you haven't had a chance to check out the Nashville Drummers podcast, please do so. Even if you don't call Nashville your home. These guys do a great job. Dan and Nathan do a wonderful job, and uh, it's just, it's such a great podcast to listen to. Stay tuned next week for Zach Albetta's interview with the amazing Victor Andrizo. I'm probably saying the last name wrong, but I will be listening not only for uh, just a reference of actually how to say his last name, but more importantly, what he does and how he does it. So check that out next week. But for now, everyone, thanks so much for listening and hope to see you around. Bye-bye.